Hi, guys. Welcome to the Melanin Perspective. I'm Brittany. And I'm Jamie. Let's dive in. Hi, Brittany. Hey, Jamie. How are you? I am hanging in there, dear. How about you tonight? Same, 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 same. It's been a good day, though. Amen to good days. Definitely. So today, we wanted to do a follow-up. Um, All Things Sexy was our last episode, right? It was. And, and Jamie and I have definitely talked about this in detail since recording the episode, because I did freeze up when she asked me twice, not once, but twice, <laughs> so, you know, what's my favorite sex position? And um, for everyone out there, it's from the back, okay? It's from the back. So... <laughs> But the reason why I paused, though, you know, and I thought it was important for us to address the reason why. Um, And Grant, I saw that comment about the margaritas. (laughs) She was like, they not strong enough. You know, it's more of, but the the thing for me is like, you know, being a woman, like I'm a single black female, you know, woman. And I know some people don't like females, but whatever. Um, Single black woman. And one thing that's apparent with women in general, that we're definitely over-sexualized. Like, you know, I see things on TV. Women are always basically naked and the man has on clothes, you know? And so the then being a black woman, people fetishize, um, make, you know, we come up as a fetish, you know? And so, it's just difficult for me because this is our podcast. I'm going to be myself and be authentically me, but then also I am a therapist. So if I do have clients and they somehow stumble upon this podcast, you know, I just, their view of me, you know, I just, it, that was what I was thinking about kind of in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and again, but again, that people look at me differently. Again, I am a single woman, you know, I date and stuff. I do have sex and, I'm okay with it. I have a lot of conversations with my friends about, you know, my sex life and things that I'm comfortable with, not uncomfortable with. We talk in details, but in like, this is a public forum and people do judge and gauge, you know, how, how they feel about a person from just what they say on a podcast or what they post on Instagram. And so in that moment, that was kind of, I was having a lot of thoughts and that's what I was thinking about. I just was kind of on the spot, but, um, So, you know, well, two things I want to ask. You keep saying I'm single. Do you feel like there's a different vantage point because you're single as opposed to married? Yes. And people will view you differently? Yes. Like, people view people that are married differently. They know married people have sex. I mean, I I think where a, a married person would get judged because society is very, we can be very limited in our thinking if someone was to say they're married in an open marriage people would judge and look at them differently because of that which I think is crazy but yeah I do think that people view a person that's married differently from a single person like we're not supposed to get it in (laughs) either you know and have a healthy have a healthy sex life and that's what I was thinking about it it just I felt it did feel a little bit different like people would and I it's crazy because I don't really always Sometimes we care. I do care about what other people think, but I don't, in that moment, I was just like, oh my God, like, I don't know if I should answer this. You know, she's married, so it's a little bit different. You know, ideally people think, you know, monogamy and stuff, and which is fine. Monogamy is a great thing, but I do feel like people are a little harsher towards people that are single and in our sex life, even though statistics show that married people have more sex than single people. 
<laughs> so my girlfriend the other day, ooh, my girlfriend the other day, she said her and husband have sex like three, four times a week. I think I've not heard that before. Like that's from a, a married woman. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. Like she, but they've been married for like seven years and they have three okay. kids. That's like, amazing. I was like, of- girl, what? Like we were all sitting around looking at them. I was, I was bewildered. She's a therapist too, but I was just like, "Go ahead, sis." I was like, every week she was like, "Yeah." I'm like, every week she was like, "Girl, yeah." I love that though. I was like, "Yes, come through." But to be honest, it made me think about the statistics again. Like literally, statistically, married people have more sex than single people because you're together more. I think there's a lot of caveats to that. Um, speaking of my own life prior to baby yeah post baby I think because we had such a struggle trying to figure out like our roles as husband and wife with this new addition of mom right. and dad right. it, was, it was a little rough for a while and um, go ahead but I get that though because when you have transitions like that, that makes sense. It, it can change the dynamic of the relationship. Cause again, like you said, you guys are new parents. Her kids are like the old, the youngest is like five, you know? So, so they've, they've a little time, you know, but, but she still got three kids. I'm like, how you find the time? <laughs> <laughs> they may bust it through the window, like through the door. Listen, those babies got to go to bed at some point. <laughs> I, yeah, that's true. That is true. But I guess, you know, but, that, that that makes a lot of sense though what you said about your roles changing and trying to figure out your oh, couple being a couple now with a child. I've had friends that come to me, you know, um, about that. One of my girlfriends came to me and it was like, you know, her husband said that he it just he feels different now. I've I've had a baby that has come out of my vagina. And I was like, Yeah, I did. And he it took him a little bit of time to get over that because it right it just kind of changed things for him. I guess he was in the, maybe he was in the, um, in the, the room when she gave birth. Um, but it, <laughs> it, it, you know, I, I've been in the room. I, mm-hmm. it would change that's a, for that's, me. <laughs> that's a new perspective. Yeah. It is a new perspective. It is. But one thing that I do want us to, even myself, like think about with sex is that it should be more, we should explore more and be more open and not care about what people say. Like, I really do think it's something that we should actively practice. So, you know, I mean, yes, I wholeheartedly agree. As I've uh, walked farther into my 30s, um, I just have become a lot more um, not caring about people's perspectives of me. Um, obviously, you know, there's most important people like you don't want to dishonor family or your husband or your kid or something like that but um and then friends close friends and family and all that type of stuff but to the general public um like just have become so much more comfortable in my walk of who jamie is and it has taken a hell of a long time to get here and i used to be like a people pleaser and used to worry so much what people thought of me and it's so taxing like why do people love folks like Rihanna so much? Because she is unapologetically herself. Yeah, yeah you know, people say, oh, you're supposed to be a role yeah. model to kids. Oh, you're supposed to be representing the black woman. You get the same Rihanna from yesterday, from five years ago, and I'm sure five years from now, she's going to be the same person. 
And people are drawn to her because it, when we look at folks, there's a mirror. And when we see things in them that we might struggle with a little bit, we're so attracted to that. And a lot of people, both male and female, are attracted to folks like Rihanna because of her unapologetic freedom of self. Yeah. And so, go ahead. Yeah, but it reminds me of Lizzo too. Like Lizzo being a thicker woman and how she does embrace herself and her sexuality and stuff. I feel like because her body, she doesn't have the quote unquote ideal body type Mm -hmm. that people give her more flat than other, you know, other celebrities like Rihanna. Rihanna be like whole naked a lot of the time. But Lizzo, because she wore her booty out at a basketball game. You know, it's like this bigger deal. Like, who cares? This is right. her living her life. Like, this is her idea of like it makes her feel sexy when she dresses like that and stuff. That's that's on her. You know, but I do feel like a lot of celebrities in the public eye had to grow a thicker skin because mm-hmm. they're exposed mm-hmm. to stuff. And so that one thing with me, I'm more I, I am a very social kind of in your face person, but I'm like also like don't want a lot of attention, especially from strangers on me. I know it doesn't make a lot of sense. And that's why, you know, I was hesitant when answering the question on the podcast because I don't know who's listening. <laughs> like, like with my friends, I'm okay. Like Friday was my one of my friends' birthday and we were at our hotels, like just a, a few friends and we were just talking. Like these are, one, I didn't know her friend personally, one of them, but the other girl, I knew her, but we're not that close. So we were talking about like porn. I don't know what kind of porn I watch and everything. And they were just, one was definitely shot like you're just really open and that's the thing I am when I'm in a comfortable environment around me you know people again I don't know have to know them that well I'm very open and I'm myself but when we were on our uh, recording that episode and like people that I don't know like it it really kind of got me but again it's this is podcast is therapeutic for us and I feel like it's supposed to push us out of our comfort zone Make mm-hmm. us, you know, even help us to realize different truths about ourselves or things that we didn't know that were a problem that are a problem, right. and you know, having us to face that. So that's one, you know, one thing I do like about you know our what recordings and our time, mm-hmm. right? Because it's, it's helping other people, hopefully, and then definitely helping us, helping us grow. Right. And I'm all about growth. So you let's go back to the oversexualization of woman, um, female black female um I feel like it doesn't matter what you have on like I'm thinking about like you know other countries Mm. where women are dressed head to toe and not that they're over sexualized but they are still viewed in a certain way just because Mm -hmm. they are female Mm. and it ain't like they showing skin or anything you know um I feel like people are gonna peg onto you whatever they want you to be and you can fight really hard to change that and you can exhaust yourself or you can just walk in your own path the people who will accept you will the people who won't won't the people who won't think something about you they're gonna make up their own mind um but what's most important is that every day you get up and when you go out in the public and when you go back home that you're pleased with how you carried yourself how you presented yourself and what you you know have said and done like yeah. I was um I was talking to one of my clients this week and I was saying how, you know, I don't like to use the word try because it's a cop out. Um try gives us the ability. Did you try though? But did you really? I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> try gives us the ability to 
own the times that are okay, but take less responsibility in the times that aren't good enough or or, or or don't work out. And so, all right, Jamie, say that again. Say that again. I need to hear that. Say that again, please. Trying uh-huh. gives us the ability to own the times that do work out and to take uh-huh. less responsibility in the times that mm. don't work out. And we want to we want to own the good stuff. We want to walk in the, the bright light, but we right. want to own the dimness. And all of it mm-hmm. is part of the journey. And so anytime someone's like, I'm trying, I'm like, don't try. Do it or don't do it. You don't try to pee when you sit. <laughs> you still there, Brittany? Yes. Sorry. The husband called. Okay. But yeah, I was saying, you know, try gives you the ability to or not to own yeah. your stuff. Yeah. I mean, I've never thought about it that way, but it makes a lot of sense. Like, and I do feel like, you know, it, it's a cop out, you know, for a lot of times, like, but owning the dimness. I do love that. Mm-hmm. That's like a really good way to put it. Um, but yeah, but with. I don't know. I, so with the over-sexualization of women, and in particular Black women, um, I have a friend. He's um, a Canadian, Chinese-born Canadian. And so his ethnicity is important because of the context of the conversations that we typically have. Um, I love him. Like, I, I've known him for seven years. Like, we have, like, the best debates. He's very, like, was it right-brained, analytical, very by the book and statistics and facts. And I'm definitely not that person. Um, mm-hmm. But we have the best conversations. And so he, he goes back to how like the least, the most desirable people in the world versus the least. And of course he says the white man initially. But then he also says that, you know, black men are kind of up there with the white man as far as like the most desirable. And he said at the mm-hmm. bottom is Asian men, which he's an Asian man, and then black women. And I mm-hmm. and I when and so when we talk about that, he looks at all these facts and stuff. I say, yeah, that's what I feel like. The world platforms, propaganda, whatever you want to call it, wants us to believe, because one, you know, not all white men are fine. Okay, there are some attractive ones, but not all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and Asian men are actually fine. I mean, I lived in China, so I guess it's just different for me, but mm-hmm. they are fine. You thought Asian they all insecure? Mm. Oh my God, he's so fine. He's Chinese too, girl. Like, he's so fine. I wanted him to watch that episode with him and, sorry, y'all, sidebar. I, I wanted my friend <laughs> to watch the episode of when him and Molly, um, Asian Bay and Molly went to Cancun and the whole brothers yeah. kind of, uh, you know, because I wanted him to just gauge the situation and just give me his input because he's Chinese and then being a black woman involved. So I, I wanted him to watch. He said, you want to watch it because he's Asian? I said, yeah, but it's like, the the outline of of the thing I want your opinion about the whole about scenario it, so. yeah right exactly so but yeah so and so and I tell them I said well the thing is if you think about it a lot of like other people their like attribute like thing, physical things that they change about themselves mimics black women so how are we the least desirable where there are people that are that are trying to Ooh. look like us different national now you know different ethnicities Ooh. so I I don't I've never believed that I feel like it's just again propaganda out there for people to believe that we're the least desirable but we are over sexualized too where did this come from we're the least desirable just statistics i've seen it too it talks about like if you google like most desirable and least desirable i'm pretty sure you can google the list and it'll say black women are at the at the bottom 
I've seen it before. I mean, I haven't looked it up in quite a while, but yeah, it's, it's and there. Then, you know, if if they're polling people, there's probably some truth behind that. But I can tell you from personal experience, especially when let me when I first started noticing it was uh, probably like high school going into college. Um, I went to the University of Georgia, and on game days, there's a lot of alcohol involved, and so like at the tailgates. I remember being at, it was, I think it was like a Mercedes Benz tailgate. Lots of older Caucasian men. And I had on some rather short shorts that said dogs or UGA or something across the hiney. And I kid you not, like, could not make a turn without these old daddy grandfather men. Just hell of a lot of attention. And after the games, you win the game, you go downtown. So much attention, but not just from you know like african-american men coming from all races and i feel like there's a whole belief of exoticism about a woman a black woman it just there's there's this exotic nature that is fawned over and as you said other women of different ethnicities try to mimic and copy out of our culture um You'll hear people be like, oh, my butt's too big. But then you see folks going to get surgery to make your butt bigger, smaller right. waist. Like, right. um, I was just on a, go ahead. And even in other countries too, like, so he got it from, cause like when I was in China, it was more of a fetish. So again, some of, sometimes like outside of the States, they, you know, men are attracted, I would say to black women. Yes. But it's more of like a fetish thing. And so that's what he was saying too. And that's my, been in my experience too. Like white Chinese man, it was like, you know, I've never been with a black woman before. And you probably won't because I'm not <laughs> here for you, you know? Like, so it turned, that's, and that's where I get the over-sexualization because it turns from like, okay, you admiring us, you know, it's kind of exotic, but like exotic to more of a fantasy, more mm-hmm. of just, you want to have sex with us and then that's it. And so, um, so it's, they, so maybe the desire is more of a sexual desire, but not of like a, I want to date you somebody. I want to be with you seriously, you know, right. type thing. Right. So, yeah. Um, but what were you saying? I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Girl, I don't know at this point. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I, um, I do agree. I do agree. Oh, the boat I, party this weekend. Oh, I was just, I was just saying how I was admiring just, it's all black women and women of color. And it's just, a beautiful thing to see how we come in so many different shades and shapes and um I just think I mean I've always felt this way I feel like black is beautiful black love is beautiful not you know not this doesn't take away from any other race or any other ethnicity it is just a spotlight just embracing that's right yeah it's just an embracing um of the culture and somebody I saw a t-shirt that said they want our rhythm but they don't want our blues I was like, oh, yeah. come on, I yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah, I've definitely seen that before. But yeah, so it's just, you know, it's a bit of like, we're always kind of fighting the system. We're fighting some kind of oppression, whether it's sexually or because of the our color or what, whatever. I feel like we're just always it's like an uphill battle Mm -hmm. and so it is a struggle it's definitely a struggle for me it's a struggle for a lot of women to just own like we talked about in previous episodes like owning our sexiness and owning Mm -hmm. you know who we are and it's okay to be an active sexual sexually active woman um and and be able to say that in a public forum I think that's just you know 
something that I'm working past and stuff personally myself. But it's so but funny. Yeah, think... Like, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. No, just say. No, go. I was just say it's so interesting the journeys that you know you find different people on, like you embracing that and where you are, and me as a a newer mom trying to embrace and find sexy. Uh, mm. after this because yeah. I feel like I used to have it prior to 2018 I feel yeah. like I used to have it Um, I even felt sexy during my pregnancy but postpartum uh, I feel like I'm grasping at straws here but I am on a personal mission to change that I am on a personal mission to embody and embrace what sexy looks like feels like and sounds like for me yeah that's what's up okay embrace it reminds me it reminds me of lisa curry when she talked about feeling sexy and feeling desirable after having Mm -hmm. kids and being married Mm -hmm. and being someone's wife um but yeah i think i think it's it's always i think it's a conversation that we should continue to have um the the best way to for change and growth is to be uncomfortable so to have these uncomfortable conversations which is why i wanted to circle back right um, to talk about our last episode which i still like the episode i really did love the episode so we um, almost didn't yeah. post it. <laughs> we because, almost didn't post it because I thought that <laughs> I looked like the bad guy. But Brittany made a very valid point. Like everything was good in it and it was a really real moment. And right. so many people have that moment and it's one to be addressed and discussed and dissected. So yeah. And I think that's important. I feel like my takeaway for today would be, you know, you you may feel uncomfortable, things may seem a bit awkward and stuff but it's always important to kind of circle back and kind of focus on okay well why was that awkward what was uncomfortable about that let right. me face this so I can you know move forward and you know be better right. as you said growth is found in the discomfort so I exactly. completely and wholeheartedly agree Yay. well thank you guys for listening to us today just wanted to follow up hope you guys are having a great week and you know We'll talk to you soon. Have a lot of sex. Have a lot of it. Bye, Brittany. (laughs) Bye.